Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Good morning, Vietnam! I have you now. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Hello! My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. The story you're about to hear is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. For example, Jeff Mazuka is now called Sylvia Wiss. <laughs> what? Oh, you didn't know that? Can Pat be Hootie McBoobity? Yes. <laughs> yes. And I do. John, you can be Chesty LaRue. Thank you. Chesty LaRue. Good night, Chesty. Um, Which one was I? I was Hootie McDoober. What was I? <laughs> Hootie McBoobity. You Have were you ever uh, seen that episode of The Simpsons. Uh, Busty, uh, Busty St. Clair and yeah, Chesty St. Clair. That's what it was. Yeah, no, it was Busty St. Clair. It was Chesty Larue. Yeah, Busty St. Clair, Chesty Larue, yeah. Hootie McBoobity. Right. Good night, Hootie. Well, I want to be Hootie McBoobity. <laughs> that was a good one. I, I do like that one. Alrighty. Well, this time around, we are on episode number 121 of the 30-something movie podcast. And if you haven't guessed already, we are going to be talking about Dragnet this time around. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. We're just going to repeat that noise the entire time. That's This entire episode will just be that. Dun, 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 dun. There we go. That's actually the only reason Jeff is here tonight for sound effects. Dun, 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 dun. There you go. See, we had you for that and then for Roxanne. So, I mean, you, that's going to be your thing. There you go. So... Real quick, we spoil the events of the movies we talk about. So if you have not seen Dragnet yet, um, then go back, go back and watch it real quick. What's that? Here's a spoiler for you: there are no nets in Dragnet. That's true. Um, Are there? I I believe you. I trust you. All right. Well, we do spoil the events. So if you haven't seen it, go see it, and then come on back. Um, We did want to also ask you if you could go give us a review on iTunes. If you've been listening to the show and enjoying the show, uh, then head on over to iTunes, uh, give us a review there. And let us know how we're doing or if you've got other suggestions for us on things you'd like to hear in the show. Uh, tell a friend about the show. You can invite them into this little group we've got going on here that uh, right now we are. What, what if I've been listening to the show but not enjoying it? If you've been listening but not enjoying it, then yeah. is it just that you're, you're into that kind of thing? You're, in, you're into pain? Because there's other podcasts for you. If you're what listening, if I haven't been listening, but I have been enjoying it. If you're not listening, but enjoying. Yes. Can I still leave a review? You can leave a review. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. You're like, like long time caller, first time listener. Frankly, you, know? you can I mean, leave a review cool. anytime you want. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anytime at all. So if you have not been listening up to this point, if this is one of your first episodes in, welcome. Uh, hi. The, hi. How are you doing? The premise of our podcast, I've, I've got two of the hosts with me here. We, we usually have anywhere between 
two and five hosts of the show. Uh, I am your host, John Reed, and then I've got with me tonight Jeff Mazuka. Hi. And Pat Canagallo. Pat, you fell asleep already, Pat? No, I didn't. I'm, I'm, I, swear to, I swear to heavens, I am not, but my phone was like glitching out and everything, so oh, okay. I'm sorry I okay. missed my cue. No, that's all right, but you are here. I am here. I, okay. I'm awake. I, I am, I'm wide awake. Okay. All right. Um, but if you have not listened to us before, or if this is one of your first episodes, the premise of our podcast, if you have not um, seen anything on Twitter or on our, our uh, Facebook page or on our website, is we take one movie each week and we take movies that are reaching their 30th anniversary this year. So it's not exactly 30 years to the day or to the week, but we are taking movies that came out 30 years ago this year. So we are currently in 1987. And we've gone through uh, several pretty good ones so far, and we've got a lot of really good ones coming up. Um, but that is kind of the premise of our show, is we hit movies that are, hit, that are reaching their 30th anniversary. So that is why this week we are taking a look at Dragnet that came out in 1987. Um, I don't know that I have anything new for us to talk about. Um, I know that... The we new one, about that Wonder Woman trailer. Yeah, the new Wonder Woman trailer came out. Now that'll be because this episode we're actually recording this a little bit ahead of time because we're teachers and we've got spring break coming up soon. Um, so Woo, spring break. I know. Tell me about it. Mm. Um, mm. So this will, you know, obviously this episode will air a little bit after the Wonder Woman trailer has come out. But let's talk about it because it was pretty good. The gods gave us many gifts. One day you'll know them all. This is where we keep them. It's beautiful. Who would wield it? Only the fiercest among us even could. And that is not you, Diana. You will train her harder than any Amazon before her. Five times harder. Ten times harder. Never let your guard down. You expect the battle to be fair. Until she is better than even you. But she must never know the truth about what she is. It is our sacred duty to defend the world. Right. Whoever you are, you are in more danger than you think. Be careful, Diana. If no one else will defend the world, then I must. Welcome to jolly old London. It's hideous. Yeah, it's not for everybody. Sit back. Or maybe not. Anything else you want to show me? What are you? I am Diana of Themyscira, daughter of Hippolyta. In the name of all that is good, your wrath upon this world is over. Yep, that's not gonna work. Put, please put the sword down. It doesn't go with the outfit. At all.
It, Pat, it had motorcycles. I, um, I, I, this movie is very exciting. I'm very excited for this movie. This, this looks like it could be a really, really good movie. I, um, and each time, each, each of the trailers I see, I, I don't, uh, nothing, nothing is setting off the like, uh, I don't know. This movie looks like it could be poor. I, uh, I don't know. I mean, it just, it just looks like they're making a really good movie. So I'm excited. Yeah, Jeff, you just watched it for the first time today. I did. You were there when I watched it. I did. How did it make you feel inside? It made me feel all sorts of wonderful things inside. Um, no, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for it. And I think, you know, I shared with you, my, my concern is, and, and hope is that it doesn't go the way that the Supergirl TV show has, mm-hmm. where <coughs> it's using it, itself as a platform for uh, feminist agenda. Mm-hmm. And just kind of let the character and story be what it is, and instead of beating over your, you know, beating the audience over the head with the ideas that women are just as as great and powerful as men are, whether they're superheroes or not. Yeah. Do you think, from what you've seen in the trailer, do you do you think it's going to do that? I don't think so. I haven't seen anything that suggests that. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I, I really hope, now, we've watched, I think we've watched almost all of the, the DC movies that have come out. I still have not seen Suicide Squad, although, let me back that up for a second. Oscar winner, Suicide Squad. Don't, don't, just don't. Don't do it? Don't, don't, don't start calling it Oscar winner. <laughs> but it is. What did, what did it win the Oscar for? Uh, I think it was costumes. Was it costumes or makeup? I think it was makeup. Makeup. Oh. Okay. So my 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 best friend's wife has started referring it to as Oscar winner, Suicide Squad, and I just I can't. <laughs> like, and I I told her as much. I know this. Like, no, just don't do it. Mm-hmm. And I told I told Tony if his uh, if his wife is going to refer mm-hmm. to it that way, then he has to refer to the whole thing as the DCEU, which he has said he will never do. So I think we're back back to how it should be. Okay. okay. But yeah, no, don't, let's not call it an Oscar winner. Gonna, well, even, though, even though it did? Yeah, well, you know what? 3-6 Mafia won an Oscar as well, but no one's saying Oscar winner 3-6 Mafia. Okay, well, I guess that's true. And they won an Oscar before Martin Scorsese did. So what does that tell you about okay. the that, selection process? That the Oscars are, are pointless and meaningless and has nothing to do with the art itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, go with all, that. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, well, all I got to say about the Oscar discussion is I honestly think Logan could win for every category. I haven't seen it yet. Well, I'm, I'm not. I'm. Don't worry, man. I'm not doing no spoilers on it because I, I know that that's. Listened, I have not listened to the right. episode. Nope. I'm just saying. I think that Logan could win for every category, and if it doesn't. If it's not nominated in every category of Oscar, then I think it's rigged. That's all I'm saying. You know, speaking of Oscar and your and the the Oscar episode you guys did, um, some I couldn't be there for that one, but something I did want to mention is uh, you know just a really huge shout out to the uh, 
the producer from La La Land who went from overjoyed emotion to completely humbled oh, yeah. by pa- passing the Oscar along to the correct recipient. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that guy could have taken that in many, many ways. And he was a class act, you know, the, the whole time. And, and it kills me right now because I totally forgot what his name was. Um, but I guess they, uh, all the producers from the Oscar-nominated movies spent a lot of time together on the road and doing different press junkets leading up to the Oscars. So they all got to know each other pretty well. So mm-hmm. from what I read, it was a very genuine moment for him when he said, you know, he's very proud to pass the Oscar to his, uh, his friends from Moonlight. Oh, cool. Was it uh, Jordan Horowitz? That might have been it. Uh, it, I'm looking at some pictures here, and uh, might have been Fred Berger. Yeah, I'm looking at the producers for it. I'm trying to trying to remember which one. These pictures don't quite look like the way they looked when they were up on stage, but uh, yeah, I think it's Jordan Horowitz. Yeah, I mean, I I believe it might be Jordan Horowitz. Yeah, okay. he, I mean, dude was just gracious as as anyone could be and very understanding at that moment and didn't try to, you know, throw a fit, didn't try to uh, ruin any bit of the Oscars at that point. And in the midst of the chaos, when it really could have been easy for him to, uh, to say something negative or treat the whole situation in in a, uh, a very poor way, you know, he just was class act and, and very respectful and, uh, you know, sort of let it uh, get itself worked out in the, in, in, as the time went on. And, you know, just so big props to Jordan Horowitz for how he conducted himself at that moment. Yeah. That's all. That's all I got. Yeah. No, absolutely. All right. Well, do we want to jump on into Dragnet? Dun, 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 dun. There we go. Let's do it. All right. So Dragnet came out June 26, 1987. It was rated PG-13. Directed by Tom Mankiewicz, who died in 2010. Uh, he also did the TV series Heart to Heart, and Dragnet was one of his only other movies that he did. Um, he did a lot of writing and script doctoring, though, so he is not necessarily credited on a whole bunch of movies that he worked on. But as a writer, he also did, uh, he had a pretty big role in several James Bond movies, uh, either as a writer or a script doctor for Live and Let Die, Diamonds Are Forever, The Man with the Golden Gun, The Spy Who Loved Me, and Moonraker. And then he also came in and did some of the writing for Superman and Superman 2, uh, the movie Lady Hawk, and the TV series Heart to Heart. David Permutt was one of the producers. Uh, he also produced Face Off, Youth in Revolt, and Hacksaw Ridge. Robert K. Weiss was another producer. He did the Blues Brothers, Naked Gun Movies, Tommy Boy, and the TV series Sliders. Uh, one of the other writers was Dan Aykroyd. did Saturday Night Live, Blues Brothers, Ghostbusters, uh, Spies Like Us, and Coneheads. Alan Zweebel. Is it Zweebel or Zweibel? Zweebel, because that's fun. Okay, it's more fun to say. Uh, Also did Saturday Night Live, uh, wrote the movie North, and the movie The Story of Us. Jeff, you were just telling me today about how you had your kids read the uh, Roger Ebert review of North. Yeah, it was a a good time. The kids are always kind of shocked when they hear how honest 
uh, reviewers can be, especially with that movie review. And yeah. Roger Ebert just held no punches as he just tore it apart. And <laughs> in one short paragraph of maybe three or four sentences, he uses the word hated 10 times. Yeah. So Good it's, times. it's pretty rough. Right? Good times. Uh, and then another writer credited on this one is Jack Webb, who died in 1982 before this movie was made, but he is credited with being uh, the writer for the Dragnet 1950s TV series. Music was done by Ira Newborn, who also did music for 16 Candles, Weird Science, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Planes, Trains, Automobiles, Naked Gun Movies, Uncle Buck, and Mallrats. Budget <laughs> for this one was $20 million, box office was $66.7 million. Dan Aykroyd played Joe Friday. He was also in 1941, Blues Brothers, Trading Places, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Ghostbusters, Spies Like Us, and My Girl. Tom Hanks played Strebeck. I'm sorry, Pep Strebeck. Uh, was in Bosom Buddies, Family Ties, Splash, Bachelor Party, The Money Pit, Big, uh, Turner and Hooch, Forrest Gump, Apollo 13, Toy Story, among many others. Christopher Plummer played Revan Worley. He was in The Sound of Music, Somewhere in Time, An American Tale, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, uh, Twelve Monkeys, A Beautiful Mind, and Up. Harry Morgan, who died in 2011, played Gannon. He was in MASH, uh, the 1967 Dragnet, and High Noon. Alexandra Paul played Connie Swale, or the virgin Connie Swale. Um, and she was in Christine, Baywatch, Melrose Place, and Sharknado 4. Jack O'Halloran played Emil Muzz. He was in the 1976 version of King Kong and Superman 1 and 2. Uh, Elizabeth Ashley played Jane Kirkpatrick. She was in Coma and a TV show called Evening Shade. Dabney Coleman was Jerry Caesar. He was in War Games, Tootsie, Muppets Take Manhattan, You've Got Mail, and TV shows The Guardian and Boardwalk Empire. Kathleen Freeman, who died in 2001, played Enid Borden. Um, she was in Blues Brothers, General Hospital, Married with Children, and Naked Gun 33 and a Third, and Shrek. Bruce Gray played Mayor Parvin. He was in All My Children, General Hospital, Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future, and Star Trip Tro Starship Troopers. And then Lenka Peterson was Granny Mundy, and she was just in a whole bunch of single episodes of TV shows. I don't think there was anything that she was in for a very long amount of time, but she's been in a lot of TV. Rotten Tomatoes critics gave it a 46%. Audience gave it a 41%. Ebert gave this one three stars and said he liked the movie but didn't care for the soundtrack. Siskel gave it a thumbs up and said that Dan Aykroyd deserved an Oscar nomination for his performance. I don't know how I feel about that. I disagree. I, I think you, you and I, we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but I, I think he was maybe just a really big Dragnet fan. And maybe he that's was, why he said that, but... In everything I've read about uh, this movie, a lot of the information pointed to the fact that Aykroyd was a huge fan of Dragnet mm -hmm. and a uh, fan of, uh, what's his name, Jack Webb? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he, I mean he, he, he had grown up uh, with the show and... Um, you know, spent a lot of time for this movie just watching old episodes and trying to uh, emulate the the mannerisms and his movements and how he walked and how he stood and how he talked. You know, he really wanted to get it right to pay homage to this uh, to this character and this actor that he really enjoyed uh, watching when he was younger. Yeah. All righty. Cool. Well, this one, uh, Cinema Score gave it a B minus. Uh, I could not find any listing of awards for this movie. 
And a, a quick little summary of the story. Sergeant Joe Friday's partner just quit to run a goat farm. Now he has to bring his new partner, Pepstree, back up to speed, but not too fast, because by going a little bit slower, we might save some gasoline and ease the burden on the poor taxpayers out there who pay our salaries. Okay, this is where the trailer would go. Da, 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 da. Okay. That's a fun song. I hey, like the trailer song. Hey, the trailer song? Okay. Yeah, I... I... I, maybe I, I could make up a real trailer song. Bam, 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 bam. This is the trailer song. It isn't very it long. It isn't very long. There you go. Done. Trailer song. Copyright. 30-something movie podcast. Dragnet. The story you are about to see this summer is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. For instance, Dan Aykroyd. Ma'am. Is Sergeant Joe Friday. Tom Hanks is Detective Pep Strebeck. I'm your new partner. There's a dress code for detectives and robbery homicide. Section 3-605.10.20.22.24.70.80. My name's Friday. Take a lot of kidding about that? Almost never. You know the kinds of things that can fall into an industrial sausage press? Not excluding rodent hairs, bug excrement. I hate you, Strebeck. You got a lot of repressed feelings, don't you, Friday? Must be what keeps your hair up. Police officers, ma'am. Why couldn't you have got here before that big, bad, stupid-looking piece of sewage breath stole my white wedding dress? Just the facts, ma'am. We need to ask you a few questions. Their job. You know, Friday, I think we finally found your look. To enforce the laws. This is shaping up to be a little more than just a series of simple robberies. And preserve the safety of decent citizens. Back. I found the snake. Sure, this city isn't perfect. We need a smut-free life for all of our citizens. Cleaner streets, better schools, a good hockey team. Dragnet, a new generation of courage. Thank God it's Friday! Just the facts, man. So a little bit of background. I just got a couple things, uh, a background on this one. So some interesting things in the movie. The photograph of Captain Gannon's wife behind his desk is the same photograph as Colonel Potter's wife in MASH. Uh, both of those parts were played by Harry Morgan. Um, in real life, Dan Aykroyd's, I'm, I'm pulling some of these from IMDb. Um, so if you want to see more of these, feel free to go there and, and look up that entry. In real life, Dan Aykroyd is a huge fan of Jack Webb, as Jeff said. Um, who was the original Joe Friday. And as a tribute to him, da Aykroyd actually gives a lot of his characters, not just in uh, Dragnet, gives them the ability to spit out these complex technical jargon uh, the way Joe Friday does with the laws and the police procedures. Um, and then they have a list of some who kind of, uh, you know, different things where he's describing something in a very technical way. Ghostbusters uh, being one of them, uh, especially when he orders uh, Zool to leave New York City. Uh, the Blues Brothers, when Elwood is describing the specifications of the Blues Mobile. Um, so just very similar, you know, so like you said, Jeff, he he obviously was a big fan of that character and, and his mannerisms that he adopted that in his other movies as well. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the times, uh, Aykroyd, uh, his character says something about how, um, you know, how things like this could be permitted in the same city in which they recorded We Are the World. Uh, Aykroyd was actually one of the singers. Uh, performers on the song We Are the World. Um, let's see, last couple things I've got here. There was, uh, actually, Harry Morgan was also uh, Bill Gannon in the, I think it was the Dragnet, it was a Dragnet uh, 1966 TV movie that they did, and the TV series, uh, second Dragnet TV series that they did, that was Dragnet 1967. So he had played that character for a while. Um, 
And then one of the last ones that I have here is that um, they had actually offered the role to Albert Brooks to play Pep Strebeck. So that would have been a, maybe a slightly different take on that. Um, that would have been weird. Yeah. I, I, I like Albert Brooks, but not that much. I, I think I definitely like Tom Hanks a lot better in this movie. Yeah. So. All right. Well, was this the first time you've seen this movie? Patrick? Uh, not for myself. Okay. And I, I, want, I, I don't want to uh, hijack the conversation, but I do want to say one little bit of trivia. Yeah, go. During, during the car chase, I think it's cool that Dan Aykroyd says, look out, Muppets. Which yeah. I think he's the exact same thing he says in the Blues Brothers car chase when they're driving through the mall. I could be off on that, but I just noticed that this time that it's look out, Muppets. You're and, right. Uh, it's very similar. Yeah. If not exact. Yeah. That, I, 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 I noticed that for the first time watching it this time, too. I was like, that's almost exactly like when they drive through the Toys R Us. Right. And I, I know that when they cry in the Blues Brothers, the guy has the line like, okay, do you have this in Miss Piggy? Do you have a Miss Piggy? And at first I, I thought, am I messing this up? But no, I think they bust through, and he's like, "Look out, Muppets!" Okay. I, I might, I don't know. I could be wrong. I got to go back and look. But that line struck me as very similar. So I, I don't remember that line, but I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I'll, I, you know what? I'm, I'll watch it, and then there you go. One of our further episodes, I'll there's, let you know if you know. I'll print a retraction. Not that we I got need an excuse to go watch the Blues Brothers, but there's an excuse to go watch Blues Brothers. Exactly. Which there actually, so actually, you've got the character of uh, Enid Borden was uh, in this movie and was, although obviously slightly different characters, um, she was uh, Sister was it Sister, Sister Mary Stigmata mm-hmm. in the Blues Brothers. I think that was her character's name. And do not return until you have redeemed her. She was awesome in this yeah. movie too, oh, I just yeah. have to say. Well, that's why it's kind of a, kind of a 180 with this character because, you know, I, I, this character, I'm not really none material. Yes. So yeah, so this is not the first time you've seen this one. When was the first time you saw it? It was a while ago. I remember my parents always talking about this movie. They, my dad, mom really liked this movie, and, and it was funny. And so I think as soon as I was probably just old enough that it wasn't like, okay, he's way too young to see it. I, I remember watching this with my folks. And, you know, they're, you know, when they got into talking about the Virgin Kathy Swale and all that, that kind of stuff, you know, they, they'd be like, okay, Patrick, why don't you earmuff it? But I remember seeing this movie pretty early on. And uh, uh, so, so yeah, I've, I've seen this movie, uh, I'd say about, probably about a dozen, dozen times or so. Okay. Jeff, what about you? Yeah, I've seen this movie quite a few times. Um, I don't remember when I first saw it. I don't remember how I first got to it. Um, but no, I mean, I was probably in high school when I first saw it. Yeah, this one for me, I, I've maybe seen it, oh, maybe three or four times. So I really oh. haven't, I haven't seen it that many times. I, I do like it. Um, you know, it's not one of those that when I saw that it came up for the podcast, I'm like, oh yeah, that one's funny. But it's not one of those where like, I'm going to watch it once a year or you know, it's it's not one that I own or anything like that. But um, yeah, I, I'm trying to remember the first time that I ever saw this. It wasn't, it was probably just a few years ago and it maybe was because it was on TV at night at one point mm-hmm. or I don't remember because I, I don't remember ever, I don't think my dad, I don't know that he ever watched it or talked about this one. Um, so I don't know why, kind of like you, Jeff, I don't know why I would have come to it for the first time, but yeah, it's, it's not that I have anything against it. It's a funny movie and I like it, but it's just not one that I've seen a whole bunch of times. 
Now, this one in particular, did you either of you guys ever watch the old Dragnet TV show? I I have not. Never watched the original um, TV show. I, I mean, I know of it, I think, just through other pop culture references, but I never actually mm-hmm. watched it. I mean, I know when somebody says Dragnet, and I know, you know, Just the Facts, ma'am, and dun dun dun, dun all that stuff. I know that, but I know it through other mediums. I know it through other TV shows, like if The Simpsons made fun of it, or from this movie, or... So I've never actually seen... I can't say that I've gone through an entire episode of the original show. Okay. So I don't know. I, I would be curious, and if anybody out there is listening, you know, feel free to email uh, uh, in or call our voicemail line and let us know. I'd be curious to know how fans of the original show felt about this movie. Because I, I saw something earlier today. This actually got tweeted out by another uh, podcast that I follow. And somebody had written an open letter to the... Uh, creators of the new chips movie okay and the letter was that they were very upset that this new chips movie other than having other than taking place uh in california and other than having two characters with the same names as the characters in the tv show they felt that based on the trailers it really had nothing to do with the original chips tv show and therefore they were very upset because it wasn't you know upholding the the classic chips story and characters that they remembered from being fans of the TV show. So I would be curious if somebody was a really big fan of Dragnet, how they feel about this movie. Didn't the same thing happen with Dukes of Hazzard? Um, I think so. Yeah. But like the Dukes of Hazzard movie wasn't the, didn't have the same tone, the same feel that uh, the TV show had. Right. And yeah, so I just, I, I would be kind of curious about that. Cause I know this, this obviously is more of a, it's, you know, it's it's honoring it, but it's also a parody of it. And so I wonder right. if, because that's what this new Chips seems like too, is that I don't know how much it honors it, and I don't know how much of that you can tell from a trailer. But, um, you know, I, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's valid. I, it, maybe, that's a, maybe that's a good question, is when you do a remake of something, I don't want to say, should you be allowed to change it? and make it more of a comedy because that's just kind of up to the director. And then it's up to whether or not you want to spend your money to go watch it. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I suppose that would depend on what sort of changes you're trying to make with it. Right. But I mean, it, you know, what's what, you know, if you're going to be brave enough to attempt a remake, you almost have to be willing to do something new or different with material. Right. So otherwise you get the, uh, that remake of psycho starring Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Which I, that, I never that saw, but that, that's the one that's a shot for shot remake, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. it just, it did nothing. It didn't offer anything new. It didn't, uh, it didn't advance that story in any way. It was just sort of like, Hey, wouldn't it wouldn't be fun to try to do this thing. And it was, you know, very much a fanboy project, I think. Yeah. Um, but it really blew up in terms of Hollywood because, you know, it, it, okay. So you made a movie and you tried to do the same thing that someone as masterful as his, as Hitchcock did. Well, you're never going to do that no matter how hard you try. So really now it just looks like a really, really poor uh, knockoff of it. 
Yeah, and I wonder with this one, I don't know how much with the you know, the example of that new Chips movie and, and the person that was upset about it that wrote that open letter. Um, I don't know, I, I guess the director of the new movie has said he was a fan of the Chips TV show back in the day. Um, now, obviously, Dan Aykroyd is a huge fan of Dragnet and of Jack Webb. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, is, is that... If you're gonna remake it, should you be a big fan of the of the original material so that you do it in a loving way, or is it? I, I don't know. I don't know. Is that do you think that's necessary to have have to have been a fan of it, or then is it just more subjective? Because you know, me as a fan of you know Jeff, you and I are big Superman fans. We might have different things about Superman that we think are sacred that you just don't mess with. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if I made a Superman movie and then if you made one, would I necessarily like your movie and would you necessarily like mine? No, so. I mean, it's, it's, it's a valid question to ask in terms of, of movie making and really in terms of how many remakes and reboots were subjected to. Um, I don't know if I have an answer for, for this question. You know, and, and do, should you be a fan if you're trying to remake something i don't know you know because then i think you're you're almost too careful not to offend the material that you yourself enjoy yeah then you start getting and back in that scenario of like well then what's the point of tackling this project if you're not willing to do anything different with it or anything more to enhance it in some way then it begs the question, is it really worth trying to redo or enhance, or is what you're trying to remake high enough quality that you should just leave it alone and let it stand as it is? Yeah. If they were to remake Dragnet today, would you would you prefer to see a remake of Dragnet that is a remake maybe of this movie? where it's more comedic and more of a parody? Or would you prefer to see a Dragnet that maybe is a little bit closer to the original TV show and it's more of a, a you know, crime drama? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it kind of depends on what you want. I, I don't remember a real outcry for, um, you know, ever reading that there was a real outcry for that this movie was, you know, a poor movie and it, it really ruined the TV show and everything like that. I mean... Whenever I asked about where this movie came from, you know, people would say, oh, yeah, well, it was just based off the TV show. And the TV show was a little bit different because it was, ser- you know, they did, would describe to me that this was more comedic than like the TV show was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, I don't really remember an outcry. So it kind of depends, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, if you want to make a if you want to make another cop show, well, then, you know, you're going to go in that direction. And that's kind of what Dragnet would probably be if you ignored the movie and just, you know, um, tried to make that today. If you're going to, if you're going to redo Dragnet and make it like another comedic buddy cop movie, well, there's already a lot of comedic buddy cop movies. So I don't know how would it, how would you differentiate it from all the other ones out there? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and maybe that's part of it too, is that it's, there are just so many now. We, you've got parodies of Lethal Weapon. You've, well, you've got the new Lethal Weapon TV series. Um, you know, you've got just a, a lot of material that's so similar. 
um, then it's just is it just so saturated that you don't even bother remaking. I think you know because I don't like I said earlier I don't have a whole lot of exposure to the original Dragnet whether it's the, like there was a really old radio series and then there was the the fifties TV series. I don't have a lot of exposure to those, so I think if I were to see a remake done of Dragnet, I think I probably would want to see this movie because this is the one I have the closest connection to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, John, I, I I agree with you. I only because, like you, I don't have the knowledge of the original material enough to where I could appreciate any sort of uh, remake of that. This is the this is my greatest understanding of Dragnet. This movie. Yeah. So I think this is what I'd be looking for in terms of a remake. Yeah. So is there anywhere in this movie that, and, and I'm, I'm saving the best for last, we'll, we'll get to like favorite scenes and favorite quotes because there's just a lot in this movie. Um, is there any place in this movie where it kind of falls flat for you? You know, the, the thing that that I bumped on this time watching the movie, and it's been a, a couple of years since I've watched this, um, was how angry Dan Aykroyd's uh, Friday was. And I kept on thinking about, you know, in all the clips of the old TV show that I'd seen, you know, was, was Joe Friday ever really angry or was he just serious all the time? And he, he never came across as an angry character. And I felt that Dan Aykroyd's portrayal made him a pretty angry person a lot of the times. Do you think that's do you think that's trying to put a an eighties edginess to it, or is it just that he's trying to emulate a character that is seeing everything around him change and he's frustrated by it? Well, I I don't know. I mean I I was thinking maybe it was to try to help set him apart from Tom Hanks's Pep Strebeck. Yeah. And really give Tom Hanks the opportunity to have a lot of fun at the expense of Dan Aykroyd's straight man, Joe Friday. Yeah. But I just felt like in a lot of his rants, he came off as being angry for reasons I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. So I'm, that, that kind of, I, I found that to be a little bit odd, mm-hmm. but I mean, I don't think it took me out of the movie in any way. I don't think that it made me feel as though, um, it separated itself from the rest of the movie. Okay. Pat, how about you? Anything you, uh, you, you know what? You no, I mean, um, you know, kind of, I was just kind of thinking to your point, uh, you know, and, and John kind of touched on it when he said, was Joe Friday maybe responding to things changing around him? Was he kind of a, was he kind of, was that whole character supposed to kind of be like a, like a throwback you know, to, to the way things supposedly were back in the day. And my question was, in the original um, Dragnet, the two, the two partners are supposed to um, get along with each other, right? I mean, they're not like a miss, they're not like the odd couple, correct? Right. Okay, so, I mean, could, could, could a little bit more of the anger, and this is almost identical to what John said, a little bit more of the anger that you see, could it be his, res- you know, kind of his responses to, you know, the partner that's the mismatch. It, um, yeah, it, it, it could be. Um, but it wasn't even all, always directed at Pep Strebeck. There were just okay. a lot of times when he was 
talking, doing his Joe Friday thing that just sort of, I don't know, he, he seemed to have an, an angry tone or an mm-hmm. inflection in his voice somewhere that, I don't know, just sort of seemed, like I said, and this was the first time I really picked up on it, but it seemed to me to, uh, I just sort of stopped for a second and thought, well, what's, he seems really, really upset about things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like when he first goes, you know, well, in this case with Pep Strebeck, when he first tells him about the uh, dress code for police officers. And it was like, almost like he was offended, horribly offended by what he saw in Pep Strebeck that he just didn't know how to respond appropriately. So he just sort of tore into him about, uh, you know, what the, what, what the code says. Right. And I didn't, I, I, I just thought, you know, that's a, that's a harsh reaction to have upon meeting somebody that is your new partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it seems to me that a lot of the, a lot of that reaction, and I don't know that I picked up on it being angry as much after, after you and I talked about that earlier, um, I kind of thought back to the movie. I'm like, yeah, he, he does seem pretty angry most times when he's rattling off these ordinances and, you know, in pretty much everything he says, he's either angry or frustrated and I, I, I almost kind of took it as you've got, you know, he's, he's meant to be, he's the, I think he said he was the nephew of the original Joe Friday. Um, and so he is trying to hold on to the old 1950s, 1960s, uh, way of being a cop. And you've got this young, you know, eighties guy that's come in. and, And so we're looking at the type of cop that you'd see in Beverly Hills cop and, and stories like that. And this is his reaction of being frustrated at, well, well, wait a minute, we, we do everything by the book. And now you've got this whole slew of new guys coming in and they, they play everything fast and loose and, and, and I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with those changes. And it, it seems to me that that's kind of the, maybe the route that Aykroyd is an actor. Maybe, maybe his performance then was part of a commentary on where he felt police movies or police TV shows were going. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting to, if I ever meet Dan Aykroyd, I may ask him about it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll try to track him down, see what we can do. And like I said, you know, it didn't detract me from the movie. I still enjoy right. the movie. I think the movie is still a lot of fun. The interplay between um, Pep and Joe is, er, is great because Aykroyd does deliver a very good straight man and gives uh, Tom Hanks a lot of room to play around with uh, in terms of uh, gags and how he responds and quips and one-liners at his expense. I, Aykroyd, uh, to jump in on that here in a second, I, Aykroyd is really good at that in most of his movies. Like he's, I mean, Blues Brothers, he plays a really good straight man to John Belushi. And even in Ghostbusters, I guess you have a couple of straight men in that one, but... Um, you know, he just, he does a really good job of, I think, enhancing other people's performances with his ability to, you know, cause it's not, it's not like he's a statue, you know, it's not like he's this stoic character that is not funny. Even his straight man routine still is full of, you know, just some of his facial expressions and his reactions to things is still full of comedy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pat, what about you? Is there any part in this movie that kind of fell a little flat. It's a part that you didn't care for as much. 
nothing really fell nothing really fell flat for me in this movie. I I've really always enjoyed watching it. Um, you know, and like I said, I it was one of the I suppose as a kid that was probably one of the first comedies I re- really uh, well I'll say more adult comedies. But you know, you know I don't mean adult comedy in that sense. But I mean it was just more of you know all the other stuff I watched was more kid oriented, and this was probably one of the first um, comedies that I you know, was, was a, for a little bit of an older crowd. And, and I, I watch it and I still crack up. Um, but, you know, we, we were talking about the um, woman that played Sister Mary or Stigmata or whatever mm-hmm. her name was. Yeah. Um, and she was, she was the one that was uh, the, the real foul mouth lady they found at the motel, right? Yeah. 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 I just crack up. Like, I wish I, I, wish I could swear like that. <laughs> I mean, that... It was like new and inventive ways to say things, man. And I'm sitting, I just, I could probably go back and watch it now and laugh. Um, you know, I thought that the chase scenes were funny. Um, the big ending, you know, sequence was good. I, I just, uh, um, yeah, there was, there wasn't really anything that was like, okay, let's, you know, let's, can we move it along, please? I mean, it really, the whole, it, it was the whole movie kind of worked together as kind of a cohesive whole. And I, um, I'm thinking back to when we watched spies like us, was that last year or earlier this year? That was last year. That I'm kind of reminded almost of spies like us, you know, like an odd couple put together and Dan Aykroyd was in it and where that movie didn't seem to really work on a, as a cohesive whole. It was more like, okay, here's a funny scene. Okay, we're biding our time. Mm-hmm. We're biding a time. Oh, okay, here's a funny scene with the doctor, 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 mm-hmm. doctor. Okay, that was, all right, this is kind of boring. Okay, all right. Okay, this is a funny, you know, the whole movie seemed to work together as a cohesive whole for me. Um, there really wasn't anything that I ran up against and, and was uh, um, struggling with. I found the whole thing funny. And then I just kind of compare it to Spies Like Us where that movie seemed to be kind of a series of, you know, little funny scenes that, that didn't quite string together as one whole Mm -hmm. cohesive story. It was like, okay, a funny scene, some filler, let's fast forward. Another funny scene, filler, let's fast forward. This movie seemed that it all worked together well and, and made one, uh, a little bit more complete story. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I think that fell a little, fell a little short for me was the, it was, it was part of the story and part of the story where I and I'm sure if I went back and watched it again, because this was the last the first time I watched it in a little while. The whole reason for why why Pagan was playing both sides. That to mm-hmm. me maybe was a little convoluted um, and I kept trying to I kept trying to follow the story. I was like, OK, well, so why is is it just to get is it just to get paid this million dollars? Is he going to pay that to the Reverend and then Reverend's going to turn around and use that as funds for the pagan activities that they're doing? And so I don't know. That part to me, I was a little confused on why was it necessary for pagan to have to be playing both sides of this um, adult magazine owner, a publisher. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I mean, the rest of the movie, the, the jokes and everything else. Well, that and I will, I might agree a little bit with. Um, I think it was Ebert, uh, the music, the, the rap is a little dated. It's kind of funny, but you know, it's obviously eighties mm-hmm. rap sung by right. two white guys. So, um, 
Yeah, other than some of the music at the, at the end and uh, that part of the story that I had just a little bit of trouble keeping straight. Really, that's the only thing. Otherwise, mm-hmm. like you said, I this so many funny one-liners in this. So that'll kind of that'll segue us into our, you know, what are your some of your favorite scenes or favorite quotes from this one? And uh, I don't. I mean, I don't even know that I can narrow it down to just a few. I mean, there are there are nearly everything that Dan Aykroyd says. I found mm-hmm. funny, and and that doesn't necessarily mean it, what he said was funny, but how he delivered it. Right. Frank will right. be coming into work today, Joe. Twenty-four hour virus or tomorrow? Forty-eight hour. Frank quit. <laughs> Moved to Yukia. Bought a goat farm. Yeah. No, uh, just the way he's. Oh, yeah, there, was, there was this one, um, kind of early on in the movie, are you, where Pep says, "Are you crazy? Sylvia West wanted you." Now let me tell you something, Streeback. There are two things that clearly differentiate the human species from animals. One, we use cutlery. Two, we're capable of controlling our sexual urges. Now, you might be an exception, but don't drag me down into your private hell. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but then, so, once, I think once the character of Pep realizes how serious Joe is all the time, the lines that he starts dropping at at Joe's expense are just, outstanding oh yeah um there's one early on when uh when they were uh at the zoo looking at the different uh animal cages and whatever and joe says ma'am what is the approximate dry weight of the average madagascan fruit tree bat yeah and just turns on and goes you mean you don't know yeah (laughs) yeah yeah there was something, and I, I, I don't have the complete quote, but there was something, and I think it was when they were infiltrating the um, pagan party, and uh, he would say something, just like completely state the obvious, and Pep would look at him and go, y- you figured that all out your own or something? I, and yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm, it's, I'm su- it's when Joe's reading the sign, the pagan sign. Says, yes. Yeah. Against goodness and normalcy. P-A-G-A-N. Pagan. That's where I, that's where it goes. Nice work, Joe. Yeah, yeah. No, ma'am. They're quite impressive, bordering on spectacular. <laughs> oh, that was a good line. I did that. I, this movie has caused me to be very nervous around desk drawers. Oh, how about it? Mm. And just the look on his face. <laughs> He's like, it's just you and me, your balls, and this drawer. And then slams it shut. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> And and perfect use of that sound effect to to bring it back at different times during the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my uh, my favorite I think is uh, the the one I had mentioned when we were talking about this earlier, um, mm-hmm. and it was oh how does how does he say it is something like uh, you know didn't you uh, didn't get very much sleep last night? Not yeah. that it's any of your business, but I spend the evening in the company of Connie Swale. You mean the Virgin Connie Swale? Dun, 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 dun. Dun. Wait a minute. So I, do you have, if you had to boil it down to one favorite line or moment, do you have one? I think that one's mine. The, you know, I didn't get my sleep last night. That whole, that whole thing. I think that's probably my favorite part. That's my favorite line in the whole movie. Uh, when they're in the car and, uh, you know, Friday's just kind of going down the list. And at one point he's like, he calls him Mr. Throw the book out the window. And yes. And he's just like, all right. And he just grabs the notepad and just throws it out the window. I always thought that was fun. Yes. Just, I mean, the deadpan way that uh, Joe Friday delivers all of his lines, even the, the lookout Muppets line, mm-hmm. you know, just 
no expression, just look out, Muppets. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for Dragnet for us. Um, so, again, if you haven't seen this one, well, if you haven't seen it, we just ruined the whole thing for you. But um, <laughs> if you have any other comments on this one, if you, you know, anything that we talked about, like we're comparing this with the old TV show, if you were somebody that watched the old TV show, we would be curious to hear from you. Or if you're a fan of the old TV show, we'd be curious to hear kind of your take on this. Because uh, like we said, we don't have a whole lot of exposure to that. So if they are, you know, if, if this movie is kind of a, I've heard it called an affectionate parody uh, of Dragnet. So if you feel it's an affectionate parody or whether you feel this is something that is totally off base uh, from the original Dragnet concept, uh, we'd like to hear from you. So feel free to get in touch with us and, and let us know um, how you feel about this one. So in the meantime, where can you find out more about us? Well, you can go to our, web, our website that we have that is 30podcast. That's 30podcast.com. And from there, uh, there are some links on there to be able to email us if you want to, 30podcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter, at 30podcast. And actually, guys, I was going to pull this up and, and mention it at the beginning of the show. We are, you know, not that long ago, we were up to, uh, what was it, 300, 300 followers on, on uh, Twitter? Are we growing from that? We are, Yeah, we're at 339. Man. So, gangbusters. Yeah, no kidding. And I tweeted out something earlier that got retweeted by Blossom's mom. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Finola Hughes from the Blossom TV show. That's awesome. So, I'm pretty stoked about that. That's kind of cool. I, I, I take it where I can get it. It's not quite as cool as when we got retweeted by the West Wing podcast, but... No, yeah, well. You know. We, we do pretty awesome. We do what we can. That, you know, that was a highlight for us. Uh, so, but we are on Twitter, and we, we interact quite a bit on Twitter. So if you want to follow us there, feel free. Uh, we're also on Facebook. You can listen to us on Stitcher, Satchel, Google Play Podcasts, iTunes, or you can just listen directly from 30podcast.com. Um, our next episode after this one is going to be The Untouchables with Kevin Costner and Sean Connery. So come on back for that one next week. Um, in the meantime, if you want to get a little bit ahead of this, and take a look at some of the episodes that we've got coming up in the month of April. Uh, April is going to start our Good Journey month, uh, in which we have movies where people are going on some type of a journey, or it has something to do with that theme. And we're starting off with The Princess Bride, followed by The Chipmunk Adventure, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and finishing up the month of April with Masters of the Universe. So if you want to go take a gander at some of those ahead of time, then feel free. And uh, those will be coming up in the next month or so. But in the next couple of weeks, after this one, we've got The Untouchables. And finishing up uh, in our Crime and Punishment Month is The Living Daylights, the first of the Timothy Timothy Dalton James Bond movies. Um, So that's going to be coming up soon. Uh, Really quickly, a lot of times I will, I I put this on our website, but I felt like, you know, we we use it all the time. So let me mention it on on the show as well. Our intro music. Um, is actually music that was done by a, an artist online called Super Sigil, and it's called Thunder Lizard at the Art War. So if you want to go find more by that person, uh, that is the music that we play at the beginning of the episode, and we are thankful for being able to use that. So thank you, Super Sigil. Um, but in the meantime, get in touch with us. Let us know what you're thinking of this movie. Give us uh, some heads up on um, you know some of your feedback for maybe The Untouchables or Living Daylights or any of those April movies. And until then, be excellent to each other. And go watch some good movies. Jeff, Pat, good night, gentlemen. Night, John. Night, All Jeff. Right. We will see you all. Good night. Good night, Ned. Good night, Ned. 
All right. We will see you all later. right here was the very first bait mate ever. Fascinating. Sergeant, if I asked your honest opinion about something, would I get it? You can bet the house on it. Would you say that these look like the breasts of a 43-year-old woman? No. No, they don't, Miss Wiss. They're quite impressive, bordering on spectacular. We have to be running along now. What's your hurry, Sergeant? Wouldn't you like to have an early lunch? Uh, listen, say, Joe, you know, it's the darndest thing. I seem to have uh, left my notebook in, in the car, and it's going to take me 15, 20 minutes, half an hour or so to, to find it. Why don't you uh, pump Sylvia here uh, <clears throat> privately for information, and I'll, uh, you know... Nice meeting you, Miss Wiss. I had a good time, too. Come on, Strebeck. Let's go to the car and find that notebook.